Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is March 24th, 2020. Uh, and welcome to the Tory Says Show. Always here, live, Friday, 12 to 2. Now, I wanted to talk of, oh, oh, about a lot of stuff, but I'm also going to break a story that has been that nobody wants to touch. So we're going to get into that because you're going to understand how Schiff, the state of California, certain counties, an attempted suicide, Kristen Smart, who's been missing for how many years, Honduras, El Salvador, General Milley, all tie in together in one nice package. It is insane. And, oh, let's not forget Huber prosecuting Schiff Stalker, that also comes into play. So this is what we are going to talk about today because no one is giving you the news like that. And that's uh, old news, I would say. But hey, you know, it's going to break now. Now, uh, I also wanted to tell you guys today is a very somber day for me because it was uh, late evening on the 24th when I lost my father. And uh, that was one of the biggest blows that I had to my life because he was like my grounding anchor. He was the one that would guide me and he was the only one that I confided and he took everything to his grave of things that I had seen and, you know, had partaken in. And, you know, he gave me the best advice back then. When I didn't know which way to go. And I'm going to share that with everyone whenever you're in that position. And he had said that the difference between a cup overfilling with water is just one drop. And that is how change happens in the world. You can be that one drop that changes it from a full cup to overspilling. That's when you know when you need to spill the beans. And that was the context of the conversation we had. And it was one of the best pieces of advice he gave me to make me feel, I want to say sane that, you know, how could you just stand there? How, how can you sit on that information and not act, but sometimes acting just, uh, you know, right then and there isn't the right thing to do. So what do you do? You plan. And what do you do? You put yourself in, you know, places that will be needed later, kind of like, you know, how, I explained to my listeners over, what was it, two, three weeks ago, where I was telling you a story of how I, coincidentally, you know, obviously I went back to school and I haven't finished my graduate studies yet, obviously family and plans and stuff, uh, but how I was in the room and uh, shared a class, a seminar class, as they call it, it's only a one credit class at the med school where we evaluated things. And I got to know the guy who found the link between HIV and malaria. That story was purposeful. So you guys understand where it was going with it. 
So before I start off with all the news, I want to explain to you guys how an anti-parasitic drug works uh, against this and, uh, you know, why we're doing it. So I kind of explained it. I mean, I did do it with Millie Weaver, but we had so much content that there was no way we were going to put it all in one video. I think we like recorded over two and a half hours, uh, which, by the way, 30 minutes of it was just us laughing and me complaining that the angle of the camera was giving me extra chins. So um, the... The way this drug works, so you understand, is I want you to picture a pool, you know, one of those blow-up pools that you get and you put in your yard, right? Now, if you have a blow-up pool, one of those blue pools, and you're swimming in it, horsing around in it, all's fine, you're swimming around, it's great. But if someone from the outside comes and starts ramming and horsing around on the outside of the pool and it's not reinforced, what happens? Uh, you know, it spills over, right? It's not, it, it gets breached, Right. So what we do is we put like that wood paneling thing around it or a lot of metal stands to reinforce it. That is exactly what this drug does. I want you to visualize it. This is completely simplifying it. But so you understand how this is helping against a virus when it's not a parasite. So having taken this medication in my life a few times, traveling to places that have malaria, I've explained to you about toxicity and how you have to increase the amount of concentration of a certain drug in your blood. And that's how it works. Same thing with like antibiotics. You have to take the full course because you need to have a certain concentration circulating in your system to deal with the situation. The same thing with malaria drugs. You take them a couple weeks, depending on how long you're going to stay there. You might start four weeks before, two weeks before, two weeks before, and two weeks during. I mean, you don't usually take it more than six weeks. I'm going to be, you know, that's the guideline. Um, so what does this do? Basically, this drug actually reinforces your red blood cells. How do we transport oxygen, nutrients, and everything? We transport it through blood cells. So I want you to picture your blood cell like a dolphin. So this parasite can hitch a ride on the dolphin because it's not reinforced with that paneling in your pool. It jumps into your pool because there's no paneling, right? If the drug isn't there, it jumps into your pool and grabs onto your red blood cell and travels to the liver where it needs to repopulate and do whatever. Same thing with viruses. They are in our bloodstream and they need to latch on to something. They need to start working. But if everything is reinforced, right, with paneling, they can't jump on and hitch a ride. Now, every now and then you'll get a hitched ride somewhere, right, somewhere. But that's where it comes in where it can't hitch, the prions can't hitch rides anywhere else. It's not like they walk around, you guys. It's in fluid. It's traveling through the blood. It's, it's, it's. And this is why we see symptoms go down. Sometimes, you know, you use, you, um, how do you take out the enemy, <laughs> right? We've been talking about this. Cut down their money, their transport, no flying out with private jets. That's what you do. And the Zithromax is there only because obviously if you're not hitching rides on your blood cells and good things can't even hitch rides sometimes, you're more prone to overbacterial growth. You're more prone to infections, hence the Z-Pack, which is the ultimate antibiotic. It's like, boom, five days, you're done, right? Anytime I got any infection, you know, rhino, you know, when I have... <laughs> I once had a pneumonia. It was called the black pneumonia because instead of getting a fever, I was actually, um, you know, uh, uh, hypothermic. 
I've also had a bout of some tropical, you know, uh, infection. It just... Anytime they'd be like, I'd be like, yo, penicillin card, right? Even though I don't know if I'm actually allergic to penicillin, because even though it says it on my records, um, I've taken penicillin because the Navy gave it to me. Even though it said PCN, they totally gave me PCN. So, um, and I didn't eat mold, which is a, a variant of penicillin. And, you know, I guess the, <laughs> so z is all I asked for, okay? That's it. It's the super broad spectrum antibiotic. You take two the first day and then it's like one for another four days and you're done. Uh, So that's how it works. Just so you guys understand, we already knew that that drug was there because we were talking about it. And for those extreme cases, they will take it coupled with that Japanese drug, which was a anti-flu, not like Tamiflu. It doesn't work on reinforcing your cells or trying to put, you know, laminate wood paneling on your cells so it doesn't explode. Instead, it stops the ability to transcribe, you know, those enzymes to actually make the viruses. Remember, I described the differences. So, uh, so, you know, you'll probably take that drug too if it hits you hard. This is, you know, I, and I'm going to get a lot of flack for it, but this is just a flu on steroids and they did this. This is how insanely desperate they are to maintain power. Now, how did all these elites... Uh, suddenly get infected. I mean, it's kind of really highly specific, right? With a few random outliners, but the majority are pretty up there and we kind of know them and they're not doing so well. You have to ask yourself that question. What is the common denominator there? But that's something we don't want to say on air because that's kind of like, you know, being Poppy's Pharmaceuticals and saying, I've tainted all your drugs and unless you legalize this... Speaking of holding people hostage, right, we have the mainstream media and the Democrats. So let's start with the mainstream media, how they went insane yesterday about this couple and one died and how they took this anti-malaria drug and it's all Trump's fault that they died. How dare he? Dr. Fauci said we have to do tests and we saw it sitting in the back of our cupboard because, and you know, the first question that I had when I saw it was like, hold on a second. This drug is not over the counter, OTC as they say. So who prescribed it? Uh, And second, when your doctor prescribes it, they need to make sure that it's not counter to your chemistry or you don't have an allergy allergy or sensitivity or taking drugs that might counteract, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, those are questions that a reporter should ask. Like, okay, so you had it in the back of your cover. Why? Were you traveling to a place and didn't take the medication or was the trip canceled and you had that? Well, turns out it was fish tank cleaner. So all of this, oh, hype. It's all Trump's fault. He's killing people because he's telling people that he has a cure when he doesn't. Fish tank cleaner. And this, these are adults. And then you wonder about Tide Pods. Guarantee you their kids did the Tide Pod Challenge if they procreated. So this is where we're at right now. It's it's pretty pure insanity. It's all attack the president, make him look bad, make us look good. How are you looking good with what you're doing? They have come back saying that, well, you know, we need to take a look at this. Here's what we need. We need solar panels. We need <laughs> uh, we need to make sure that airplanes don't do emissions like they do. It's like bad. We need this Green New Deal. And then instead of giving people money, let's just create a poor digital currency. So poor people will now have a new fake currency, not the dollar, which is super fake, but we're going to tie you. We're going to make it, a, a, you know, 
accountable to the Federal Reserve, which we're going to get rid of anyway, so nobody cares, where it's going to be digital credits. How many movies have you seen like that? Tell me how many movies have you seen like that? Movies in a dystopian era where people have credits. Like, (laughs) you're going to have money, you're going to have credits. This is complete social discrimination, but, you know, Democrats, they are burying themselves. But this is a national emergency. So, like I said, here's how you do it. Simple. Hey, IRS, export, 150000 That's our top end for a family that filed in 2019, their 2019 taxes. Send me name, address. Single households. Send me name, address that are under this amount. All right. Secretary of the Treasury, please send them checks. Done. No Congress, no laws, no acts. Just freaking act. Just do it as a commander in chief. We don't need all this rubbish. Don't pander to them. And you know what? President Trump looks like a superstar when he does it. Because people are going to be like, man, he was serious. He wanted to get money to the pockets of the people. He wasn't going to be playing politics. He wasn't going to let them do this. And on top of that, we got Pelosi to come to D.C. I mean, huh. Coming to where the virus is hot, smart. So this is exactly what he needs to do, and he's won the election. I mean, we have Mark Cuban for president trending. I kid you not. Why? Because he was like, both of you need to do your job. Senator Schumer, stop kissing progressive tushy. We can all solve the problem in this deal. Peach. Peach. John Corbin, stop kissing big corporate tushy. They don't need buybacks or executive bonuses. They have no choice but to take a deal they can get. Peach. Ha. Blah, 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 blah. But he, what has he done for the people? Honestly, what has he done? Because my president donated his salary. What has he done for the people? What has he done for his local people? I'm just saying. How is he contributed? Let me tell you something. Mark Cuban is a very frugal and, and, and smart man. Very. And he's dropped a lot of money in AI because he knows where it's going. Unfortunately, even if an AI knocked on his door or texted him, he wouldn't know. But <laughs> to see that trending makes me irk. He put out, you know, oh, the economy is crashing and people are getting sick and dying because you're too hard Beep. Think your agendas are bigger than the health and the future of the American people. They're not. There's no perfect deal. Time is our enemy. Get this done today. No, don't get it done today. President Trump, why don't you get it done? Get in there. It, it, tell them, hey, click export. Send it to me. Send it to the Secretary of Treasury. Send checks. And then everyone's going to have to deposit that check. So we're going to know who got it. So if somebody is using your social security number, we're also going to know. <laughs> who illegally filed taxes for you. So we're just going to kill two birds with one stone. And on top of that, we're going to see, hey, you know, for those people that make less income than, you know, is reportable, you know, you can always uh, go down or send or go to this website and submit your information saying, I didn't file taxes because of this, and we'll send you a check. Simple. One web page. I can put it on the Tory Says page if you want, and it'll come straight to you. Their information, secure. That's all you need to do. And it's done. There's no dilly-dallying. We're under national, you know, a, a national emergency situation. You're commander-in-chief. Do it. Forget this executive office. Let's sign a bill. Let's do this. Just go. 
bypass the clowns because they're going to sit there and do footsie and by the time they're done with it and they create their new unemployment or um, what are they going to call it? Dis- uh, what what do I remember they were going to call it? Disaster um, uh, disaster income um, fund or the diff it's called. Um, I don't know if they're still going to stay that. You know, timelines change. I mean, Yang's back in the picture and I don't know why, but diff so they want to create a new thing so whenever there's a disaster they can feed their slaves that are working really hard to pay off but no one's asking the question april 1st rolls around we got rents to pay we got bills to pay credit cards to pay like what do we do What, what are we doing just give the people the money period. We got tons of Trump bucks. We've confiscated everything. Oprah, how are you doing on cash? Because I hear you, you, you're not doing so well. This is, you know, she was also wearing orange in her video. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was super fun. So think, why? just give us the money. Forget them. They're all clowns. We elected you, President Trump. Let's do it. Bypass them. It's done. Dusted. We don't care. Now, threatening to just let people out. Hey, no, we're just going to let people out. If you guys can't say, oh, how dare you? How reckless? Reckless. Well, let's call it what it is. That's the way it is. Let's call it what it is and let's take out these restrictions. Now, I am in shelter in place, right? Which means I can't go anywhere unless I have my little paper and a reference number as to why I'm allowed to travel. But on the other hand, I was talking to a couple cops yesterday and I was like, yo, so if I like want to go to my friend's house or whatever, you know, what, what do I do? Not that I have friends that I just go to their houses. I mean, I literally can count them on one hand where I can go. Um, he was like, well, if you just tell them you're at the store, it's not like they're going to stop people. What are they going to say? You're not going to the store. So it's not really, really a shelter in place, but it really, really is because businesses are shutting down, which is so bizarre, right? So bizarre. The one thing we need to focus on is our families, what we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, because there's so much going on with this, uh, you know, Kung flu distraction. It's ridiculous. Now people are sick. This is getting really, really bad. It is. Businesses are shutting down too. I mean, what's the point of shutting down and not having food to eat? What's the point of being reliant on the military to deliver you supplies if you didn't deliver the supplies before the supplies before it was needed? Why can't you just send people a check? Because you need to play the game. This is how you expose them. This is how you expose them. I mean, even the Democrats are like, I'm done, man. I'm done. I need money. And you're sitting there trying to push solar panels, abortions, and oh, we don't need identification when we're doing mail-in ballots. It's illegal if you check to see if the person that voted is correct. Oh, because you want to keep us locked in. Everybody mails in a ballot, right? Everybody mails in a ballot. And then you can't verify to see if the person that sent in that ballot is really that person and not some person from notrealperson.com, you know, where you can get fake pictures. This is this is where we at. This is this is where the Democrats are at. This is what we're up against, you guys. These clowns and these idiots that have no justification for their behavior. None whatsoever. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. President Trump in lifting coronavirus restrictions. And here's the reporting of how um what doctor warns Trump against lifting coronavirus restrictions early. Take a listen to this federal guidelines urging Americans right now to limit social contact and largely stay home. 
What could the medical fallout be? Dr. Peter Hotez is dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine and professor of pediatrics, molecular virology, and microbiology at Baylor College of Medicine. He has been a frequent guest for us, and he joins us this morning on the phone. Doctor, good morning. Uh, good morning. Talk about the balance that the president has to meet right now in terms of getting this economy going again, but doing it in a way that does not spike the number of deaths. Yeah, I mean, uh, the president's in a tight spot, and, uh, you know, he's dealing with something that's unprecedented. Uh, here's the situation. The reason you're doing the social distancing is because you want to avoid a huge number of patients in, this, in any particular city that's being affected from coming into the hospital at once. I mean, this is what's happening in New York City right now. I mean, hospitals are being overwhelmed by COVID-positive patients, patients in the ICU, patients in the hospital, and it's and, and you have healthcare workers getting sick at the same time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's very easy for a group of hospitals to get completely overwhelmed to the point where they can't take care of patients. So by social distancing, you sort of spread that out over time uh, and, and make it manageable. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I understand why the president is frustrated, and a lot of Americans are frustrated and want to re- restart the economy, and he's doing a lot of things at the legislative level. You know, he's pressing hard on all those fronts. My, my, my take on it is this. Um, we're just seeing now what the full impact of the epidemic looks like in New York City. Let's let this play out. Let's see what this looks like uh, in a few more weeks. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what we really witness when hospital systems get overwhelmed, and let's, bring the, and let's get that victory under our belt in terms of controlling it. Then we can reassess and say, okay, how did that go? What went right? What went wrong? And then make a decision Uh, whether we want to relax some of the social distancing, but don't do it now. Here's the president yesterday talking about that balance and how different areas of the country have different rates of people being exposed to coronavirus. Watch. You have areas which are troubling, and we'll be working with the governor and the mayor and everybody else on those spots. Uh, But at the same time, at a certain point, we have to get open and we have to be... uh, We have to get moving. We don't want to lose these companies. We don't want to lose these workers. And on top of that, Dr. Burks yesterday at the same news conference, uh, Dr. Hotez said that the best estimate right now of the mortality rate here in the United States is 0.7 or 0.8 percent, as in less than 1 percent. Now, every life matters and you don't want to minimize any of them. But when the mortality rate is that low, what is the balance? What would be your advice to the president if, say, he's trying to make this decision this coming weekend ahead of the expiration of the 15 days to slow the spread? So what I would, would tell the president, I said, Mr. President, you know, the mortality rate, you know, that may sound like a low rate. But in fact, it's about five or six times higher than influenza. And what's more, it's not just older individuals. We have a lot, we're seeing about, according to the Centers for Disease Control, we're seeing about a third of the patients uh, who are hospitalized under the age of, of 40 mm-hmm. or 44. And and even though they're not necessarily dying, their lives are being saved because, they're in ICUs being taken care of. And the risk, I mean, the reason why Italy looks like Italy right now is you have so many patients in ICUs that they just can't take care of them all. Yeah. And you're-
Okay, let's stop right there for a second. Let's just, first of all, let's just call out Fox for this rubbish. Why doesn't anybody just get a doctor to phone in that is like leading in psychiatric or geriatric medicine and give us, you know, information on, or their opinion, because this guy's opining, um, on, you know, Hunter Biden. Uh, No, oops, did I say Hunter Biden? Oh, (laughs) oops. Let's change it a little bit. Let's say Joe Biden. Okay, let's do the psychiatric eval. We could talk about Hunter Biden and a physical doctor and about ICUs later. Uh, But here's the thing. Why don't we have someone out there giving us their, you know, opinion? I'm not their doctor, just like they had tons of them saying that President Trump is crazy. Right. Uh, Years ago, because they tried the crazy card, the sexual predator card, the racist card a few times, the Russia card a few times revamped it as Ukraine slash Russia card. So now they're using the China card, the in in unable to save the people card. Let's be honest. This flu is out of control. This Kung flu is indeed out of control. And for some reason, it's amplified because it's a designer bioweapon, period. Now, change my mind on that. Now, the deaths that we are seeing in Italy are all really old people. And here's the thing. Can we count today how many old people are going to die in the United States? Tons. So let's do it this way. Obviously, they can't do it with President Trump as president. But what if, what if, hypothetically speaking, these deaths were just deaths that are going on? I mean, 800 deaths in a week for elderly people in a country with a population of Italy seems reasonable, right? I mean, they were telling people 10 years ago they had AIDS when they didn't and put them on drug trials, didn't they? That's well documented. They've been telling people that they died from something that they didn't. What about this vaping thing? You know, we talked about this strange disease, this strange lung disease, and then this happens. Uh, Strange lung disease, what were they inhaling in that vape that maybe Madonna's crying about, maybe Jimmy Kimmel's, you know, uh, crying about, Ellen is crying about, you know, I wonder. I wonder if any of them have warehouses filled with ventilators, masks, and gloves. That's food for thought while we break. I'll see y'all in a bit. Okay? Because this is about to get real good really fast. America is great, better than ever. Under President Trump's leadership, we are racing to new heights. Millions of new jobs, rising wages, record low unemployment, securing our border, protecting our country, and respecting our veterans. Most of all, we are proud to be Americans, proud of our country, our families, and our flag. God bless America. And the best is yet to come. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hi. I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Big tech social media companies have made it their goal to censor and ultimately shut down conservative voices as a way to control political dialogue ahead of the 2020 elections. Few things are more un-American than censorship, yet now, more than ever, we see glaring examples of it daily. 
Conservative accounts suspended or banned for innocuous postings, while liberal accounts with far more egregious content continue to operate freely and unencumbered. As someone banned on nearly every single social media platform, with even Chase Bank temporarily shutting down online access to my bank account, I understand the dangers of this far better than most. We cannot allow big tech social media companies to continue acting as liberal publishers free from oversight and regulation. Tech companies have used censorship not only as a way to silence those who they disagree with politically, but also as a way to incite violence against conservatives. While conservatives are banned and shut down, terrorist organizations like Hamas and Antifa, criminals and even human traffickers are freely using social media to communicate. Americans deserve a fair and transparent playing field from big tech. And when in Congress, holding these companies and their executives accountable will be a top priority of mine. Go to lauralumerforcongress.com and donate today and bring Laura Loomer to Congress. We need more voices like that in the House. Go to subscribestar.com and subscribe for exclusive content just for my subscribers. All right, guys, here we go. Now, let's not dilly-dally anymore. We're trying to starve the virus out so it doesn't spread. We're on lockdown so that way it doesn't spread. But you have to think why it would spread and why younger people are the ones that are spreading it more and it's affecting older people. I referred to the vaping a while back. I referred to it a couple weeks ago. I just want to make that connection to you just so you have it. Weird lung disease, killing kids. It was through jewels. Oh, wait, bootleg jewels, right? Bootleg jewels. What was in it? Because, you know, you can smoke, you know, jewels and have, you know, cannabis, right? THC, right? So it's a smell-free smoking pot. So what else can you put in there and inhale and get a fix that can make you more prone to this bioweapon? I'm just going to say the Kung flu. This is all you have to think about. But in the meantime, in the meantime, we have the left insanely pushing. And when I say insanely, I'm talking super insanely pushing for what? 1100 pages. Pelosi herself flew in and she's saying, we need to protect the workers. How are you protecting the workers? By creating a poor currency. So you're saying that the moms and the dads, okay, so let's put it this way. Here's a mom that's working, you know, uh, you know, remotely right now. She's an accountant, a, an, an assistant, administrative assistant. She's working remotely, but her husband has like a grocery shop, um, you know, a pizza joint, uh, a restaurant, a coffee shop, whatever it is. And he's had to shut down their income has gone boom down and oh they filed you know taxes and maybe their income was you know 250,000 but their um, uh, adjusted gross income was actually 110 because they have two or three kids or they look after their parents something right so these people are going to struggle big time when mortgages come around credit card payments come around and everything but what she wants to do is create an expanded form of unemployment insurance that diff thing right and she wants to have it as a digital currency 
see credits, poor credits, like we see in movies all the time, so that you can be defined as the poor person, kind of like food stamps. You have a special card where you get food, totally showing that you're on welfare, not saying that, you know, welfare is a bad thing. I say it again, it's never a bad thing to be able to help your fellow citizen in need at the time. So right now, people that rely on their paychecks to make ends meet, I'm one of those people, you're one of those people, right? That are probably not going to see the same amount in their bank account. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Like for me, I had limited meetings, so that limits my charging and billing for my hours. So what do I do? What do I do? Do I sit there and wait until this bill is passed, fiddled through, or do we just sign it and read it later like we did with Obamacare? And what's this with Pelosi throwing out, well, stop trying to dismantle Obamacare. Why not? Obamacare is the core of ID 2020. Oh, which by the way, Millie Weaver and I were recording those episodes at the beginning of last week to actually put this together uh, in the video that we did. So we've been talking about ID 2020. What is the coincidence, right, that the president says, oh, by the way, we're just going to delay ID 2020 because he knows exactly what's up. He knows exactly what's up. And Obamacare is the core. I've told you that before. All they need is for you to submit. In the end, what is the cure for this? Obviously, uh, the uh, anti-malarial medication and Zithromax, good combined, plus with this Japanese anti-flu drug that I was telling you about that's coming into the scene and people are discussing as an extra patch, is helping. And it'll help those that are affected to some degree. But what is really the cure? And, you know... uh, Burks made it clear what the cure is, made it clear what she wants, and they all made it clear. We are the cure. We have the cures. We can cure each other. Kind of like I said, I have a specific blood type. People want my blood like nobody's business. Even though I'm immunocompromised, they will do anything to get my plasma my, because I have different antibodies than somebody else. And obviously because my blood cells are more bald than regular O negatives too. So I'm like an O negative to the second, third power. So because there's different variations of O negatives, right? They call them the golden blood when they're missing, I think, uh, a few, um, uh, you know, I want to say markers on them, right? So they want your blood. (laughs) They want your blood. It's all about blood. And did you hear how she said, I just want to be able to test with a finger prick? Ha! Ding, ding, ding. What comes to mind right there? Do you remember the um, insane story? Well, I actually wrote about it with General Mattis. Do you remember that company that General Mattis was part of, board of directors, so so was Henry Kissinger and all these other people? Do you remember that company, Theranos? What was their... um, spiel that they were doing and they got caught for fraud because they weren't really doing that. They wanted to be able to test with one drop of blood if you were sick. Are you getting what I'm trying to tell you? Now, having gone to school and been educated in immunology, I actually took that class and mind you, that was the that was one of the two classes that my eldest at the time would accompany me because of the hours 
that the lecture would be. So I would be in the lecture learning all about IgGs, IgMs, IgEs, the whole nine yards. And my and my eldest daughter would be sitting on the floor next to me playing on her little Game Boy. And then, you know, obviously became Nintendo DS, right? So she'd be there on her Nintendo DS playing Pokemons. She's a big Pokemon fan during those lectures because I had to take her with me uh, because, you know, she was too old for daycare at the hospital. So I would have to take her into the lecture room with me. So those lectures are something that have stayed with me and how our immunity works. And this is how I was talking about tensegrity, different topic, different topic, but we'll talk about that at another time. Um, You know, a paper that I put forward, she was there, those classes, super inspiring. And you have to think, well, wait a minute, you can't really test for specific IgGs and IgMs from one drop of blood because you can't do it. So why is she peddling a fantasy that can't really happen? Because those actually change and fluctuate through time. You have to give people certain um, stimulants in order to reveal. Obviously, you can see if there's a trace, but everyone can have a trace. So that means they know exactly what genetic markers to look for. She said, we could do ELISA and all that. Yeah. You know what that is? That's running PCR. That's running DNA. And I told you guys that, right? I told you what they really want. I told you why the president said, just stay home, man. Don't get tested. Don't, don't get tested if you don't have to. Don't, don't. It's because they're running your DNA. <laughs> they want to see who has immune, who's there. Well, human, 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 capital H, little H. You have to be more perceptive to this. I mean, all of you have the same access to information. Look at these sites. They're telling you the host, K9 with a capital C, K9 with a lower KC. Human with a capital H, human with a little H. Wait a minute. What's the difference between host human with a capital H and human with a little H? Obviously, there is a difference. So you have to sit there and ask yourself, dude, am I ready to know that answer? That's the thing. A lot of us are just like, you know what? I just don't want to know. It's like, and I've been in that position where something horrific has happened. And I'm just like, look, I am understanding it. And I will um, imagine that the worst has happened or the best scenario has happened. And I want to leave it at that. I don't need to know the details because right now I can't process it. And that's where 99% of the American population is. They don't want to process this information because the truth is stranger than fiction and way scarier than fiction. And so this is how you know, we cope with things. This is how we go with things. Now, everyone's scathing as to how it is possible that we have, uh, you know, a better market and, and what is to come. They wanted to tank the market. I mean, I already told you guys, World War II was tanks, World War III is banks. And what are we seeing now? It has all to do with Money, 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 money. And you're going to be like, so are you saying that they released this? Yeah, they did. They were confident. They were like, you know what? Forget it. Let it claim whoever, you know, whatever. But it's like, again, under that guise, something else can be sub-released. And that's what the fear is. And this is why we're locked in just so you know, for your protection. Now, I wanted to uh, go to a an interview, an exclusive interview that Fox had uh, with uh, Lady Scarf, you know, the Pepfar lady, the one that sent that nice letter to Yovanovitch, you know, just so happened that we had like this whole Ukraine thing um, and she got fired talking about HIV. <laughs> HIV, such a big deal. HIV, 
And, oh my gosh, this virus works like HIV. No diddly squat. This is why the anti-malaria drug is effective. Because remember, I told you, we've been committing crimes in Africa where we're literally prostitutes that are HIV positive have sex with malaria patients and those patients that aren't taking medicine are getting infected with HIV and those that are taking anti-malaria medications are not infected. Remember I told you there's a relationship between that and its efficacy and how in your teardrops it's at 0.2% and well I don't think I got into the real detail of it but that's how they found it that it's um its ability to be in your serums and in your blood was what the difference was. The concentration of HIV running through was hindered. It was actually being targeted. So even prostitutes that were taking malaria medication that were HIV positive were not infectious. Are you getting this? This is what I'm trying to get to. This is why it's working. I'm explaining it to you because obviously the media, they're getting paid tons and tons of money, you know, aren't doing their job. And I'd be more than happy for them to take what I say and reiterate it, right? Because that's what they always do. Kind of like today, you're going to find out how Alex Jones back in 1998 made a report on missing people that was so spot on that they've slotted the worst type of people around him right now to get him to where he is. In 2009, the deep state department made sure to send some really nice cronies right to his side. And it's like, why did you get married again, Alex? I mean, you know, I could be your handler and I won't call the cops on you. I'm just saying like, this is, this is what they do. People that speak the truth and have a platform are completely annihilated. You can only say so much. You're not allowed to be honest and transparent. So today, What I am going to be telling you is going to rock your world. You're going to see just what's been going on and why they are so desperate to stop this president from having rallies, to stop the people from having access to information. And big tech is foaming at the mouth right now because... With everyone now being locked down, we're dependent on the internet. We're dependent on live streaming services. We're dependent on social media. So if they do anything like, I don't know, silence certain people or remove certain things, then, um, you know, there's going to be sanctions. You can't hoard products, but you also can't hoard information. But nonetheless, here is... um, an interview, an exclusive interview about um, that um, this uh, Burke's lady had, you know, the scarf lady, the PEPFAR lady, the, hey, I've been in bed with this AIDS community and making money and tons of it around the world lady with Maria Baratomo, you know, and I'm a little bit frustrated. Like, I really wish that they had people that had the cojones to ask the right questions, but her questions were good enough and the information that, you know, scarf lady, blinking lady, corrupt lady, Fauci, Pence, and, and this lady together gave was more than what I expected. Take a listen. Um, hold on. Let me line this up so it's perfect for you guys. There we go. Here we go. The country. Nearly 600 people have died in the United States. Joining me right now, the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator, Ambassador Dr. Deborah Burks. Dr. Burks, thanks very much for joining me this morning. morning. Uh, We have really enjoyed your commentary on that task force. And I was watching you yesterday, and I was really struck by so much, so many of the things you were saying, in particular, that you were appealing to Americans to help in this fight. 
you said, look, I haven't seen my grandkids in a couple of weeks, my daughters as well. Uh, and, you know, it, it, you know, it's hard. How are we doing? The American people have listened to your guidance, listened to the president's guidelines. How's America doing? And how would you say the plan is working so far? Do you have any data to show if this is working? Well, we hear from you and we hear from communities around the United States and from mayors and governors where it is working and where it is working well. I just want to really applaud all the American people who have taken this seriously and understand that although you may not be at the greatest risk, you're protecting others who may be. And that's why we have to be in this in solidarity. It's been exciting to me to really watch mayors and governors and president, the president working together to really ensure that America's health is protected. When are you expecting this to peak out, Dr. Burks? I mean, in terms of when you, you feel that the virus is, is less of a worry, what, what are you looking at it, it going out in the next couple of months? So this would be like me asking you what's going to happen in the stock market and when is it going to peak and when is it going to go over 30,000 again? So these are these are okay, questions fair, that fair we're point, looking at trends, you know, trends and data like <laughs> you look at trends and data. It's the same. We approach it in the same way that many economic groups approach their data. The better your data, the more granular the data, the more specific the data, the more direct you can really predict. We're looking at the Italy data. I think we're, we're encouraged over the last few days to watch the number of deaths starting to decline. That will be our first indicator that what we put in place and what they put in place in Italy three weeks ago is starting to have, or two weeks ago, is starting to have an impact now. Um, because deaths are a measure of what you did two and three weeks ago, not what you did now. So that's that's been really so important to us. Vice President Mike Pence said that people with no symptoms will be able to go back to work if they wear masks. When can employees expect to get their job, get to their jobs uh, again? So we wanted to make sure that first line responders and our healthcare individuals that have made had small exposure, our, in, our critical infrastructure workers, are able to go back to work and wear a mask for the 14 days. And then if they develop any symptoms to self-quarantine, this is really to ensure that the critical elements of America keep going. At the same time, we expect the rest of America to really follow the presidential guidelines. And, and tell us what you have learned so far in places like Italy. Um, what are you seeing in China? I mean, you know, the Chinese are saying that there are no new cases, but it's hard to know if that's true. I mean, should we believe that? Well, certainly we're relying very much on South Korea and Europe. Um, you know, I think many of you know I've worked around the globe, worked with epidemics and pandemics around the globe. And the solidarity among ministers of health to share data is really quite extraordinary. Even in the midst of their very difficult time, Spain, Italy, France and South Korea continue to give us information because we're about two or three weeks behind them. And we want to really learn what their best practices were and get them in place in the United States as quickly as possible. The world has never confronted a new virus like this in this depth of spread like this since about the 19, 1918, 1919 frame, time frame. And so we're all learning in the 21st century how to approach this epidemic in new ways and really understand how to be more effective, to really laser focus our interventions in new ways. 
It's really extraordinary. And another thing you talked about yesterday, which was very important, was how long the virus stays on surfaces. Tell us about that and, and what we need to understand about things like cardboard and metal and getting our mail and money uh, if the virus is on any of those things. Bringing it so, into your house. Yeah, so the, the data is on RNA virus. It's on the RNA components. So we're really trying to figure out, is that viable virus? How much is it viable? How infectious is it? And that's still an outstanding question. But we can measure RNA on surfaces and the degradation of RNA. What do I mean by that? Whether the RNA is actually present in full length or is in pieces. So in cardboard and paper, the degradation times are much higher. It is the metal surfaces that were most concerned about. And think about where you touch during the day, hard plastic and metal, doorknobs, um, holding on to the handrails and subways. And so that's why we're very concerned in metro areas that have subways and other elements like that, or when you have to touch a keypad. These are things that we have to know where our hands are at all times and make sure that we're washing them if we have touched any of those surfaces or using hand sanitizer because it stays for a couple of hours or days on metal? So this is the really critical question. There are fragments of RNA that stay possibly for days. I don't know at this point how long the infection, but I think if we still find RNA at three days, we should assume that at, at least up to 24 hours, there could be infectious. So this is, I know it sounds yeah. like an abundance of caution, but we really need, this is why we've asked every American to follow the guidelines and critically know where your hands are at all times. Okay, let me break that down for you. Okay, first of all, I just want to say that this RNA DNA difference, okay, it has to do with the structures. And it also has to do with actual information. Uh, you know, the difference is, is that DNA is deoxyribonucleic acid, while RNA is ribonucleic acid. DNA and RNA both carry... Um, uh, information, but there's a difference. And that difference is basically their ability to transcribe. Now, why is it that on cardboard and paper and clothes and stuff like that, uh, you see that fragments of this RNA are disappearing faster than they are on hard surfaces? Here's an example. Throw some water on paper, throw some water on metal, which, you know, evaporates fast. Just think of it that way. That will tell you everything you need to know. Uh, that is basically it. Now, RNA is a single strand and DNA is a helix and it's double stranded. Uh, you know, it has two strands, just so you understand. DNA is stable when there's alkaline solutions um, and conditions. This is why it, RNA is a little bit um, more stable on non-buffering uh, solutions. Alkaline, right? How many of you have seen, ooh, drink water with higher pH? That might actually help reinforce your DNA, just saying. And uh, DNA is... Um, responsible, like I told you, to store all your information. So I say, even though nobody else says it, it stores your memories. This is where you get programmed. It has all your genetic information. RNA actually 
right? Is the cheat sheet or no, I wouldn't say cheat. It's the one that makes the codes to be the messenger between DNA and your factory. So here's where we're going to go into a little bit of cellular science. And then we're going to end our coronavirus segment because the next hour is going to be a lot of fun talking about what General Millie um, has been doing and Schiff and, you know, so let's just go back to the basics. And, you know, like Einstein said, you don't know the topic well enough unless you can explain it. So here's where I'm going to explain it to you so you're informed because that is what news are supposed to be informative. Uh, what she was saying wasn't very informative because nobody understands the differences. You know, it's the sugar and the shape, but here's their job. So DNA, we know, has information, but it has to be transcribed. We have to have a certain enzyme or protein that comes in and unzips the DNA. This is why it's double helix. I want you to picture it like a zipper. And then it's the RNA that uses proteins in this thing called your Gogli apparatus to make ribosomes. So there's your nucleus is where you house all your DNA. And then I want you to picture a factory. And if you look at it under a microscope, this factory is like folds of pasta, of lasagna pasta. Okay, this is what it really looks like. And in there, uh, you can get little balls coming out. That's how they look under a microscope that are ribosomes. And that's where you make the proteins. So the RNA is used to go into the factory and say, all right, factory workers, I need you to produce this. This is why it's more effective for viruses to be RNA viruses as opposed to DNA viruses, because DNA viruses are recognized as bad, bad, bad. Now, this RNA virus is very specific, like I said. It has 33 adenine bases on it. So uh, DNA um, uses adenine, thymine, guanine and cytosine RNA uses adenine uracil cytosine and guanine so here we have a difference between thymine right and uracil that's the difference basically from RNA I remember when I was studying uracil is different than thymine because it doesn't have a methyl group on its actual aromatic ring part of it the way it's shaped guys I had to memorize all this stuff so I know this like the back of my I still well actually I left my flashcards with my eldest um, because she was uh, majoring in um, chemistry and then decided to do double major with math because again biology is math I'm just gonna say so here we have an RNA that has a long tail. I want you to picture it like a tail of A's. So it's respective to both DNA and RNA. But what these tails do is they allow for nanotechnology to be able to sit on them. Adenine is able to morph and create sticky feet. And uh, just by chance, I'm working with a friend of mine, her son, who's doing a project, and I've introduced him to Deinococcus radiodurans. Now, that is the most fascinating bacteria ever to come to light because guess what? It's got sticky feet just like this, um, just like this virus. So I'll see you guys after this break. Enjoy the staycation. Uh, see you in a bit, Okay.
town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper, they grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to their neck. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. Almost Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic. Filtered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So I got a lot of messages uh, from uh, listeners right now, like tons of them. So they wanted me to go over quickly uh, what I meant about the differences between RNA and DNA, because now it's starting to make sense. And I want you guys to know that RNA is actually created by DNA, right? And RNA uh, is um, made from DNA as needed basis. It's basically the go in between, between DNA um, to create what it wants, to replicate, to do things. Now, um, you know, RNA is not stable in alkaline conditions. So that would mean that if you're drinking water with very high pH, uh, you're pretty much healthy. You know, there's a science behind that because it's unstable in alkaline solutions. Probably why a lot of people um, aren't getting very, very sick. The one thing, though, you have to understand is that DNA, and we know this from this, um, that bacterium, guys, you should see it. It's like, it's like it defies science. This one, you can shatter it with UV, right? UV rays. You can destroy the genetic code of this bacterium, and it literally, like the Terminator, just comes back together in a creepy fashion because it has sticky adenine feet. Sticky feet. It has long adenine sticky feet. A's. Kind of like the sweater that Ellen DeGeneres wore with a lot of A's on her sleeve. 33 A's. But I digress. So uh, just so you know, DNA is very susceptible to light frequencies, especially UV. It can cause damage, but RNA does not. So the regular UV damage that you would see with DNA, you're not going to see with RNA. So, um, RNA is not um, stable in any alkaline solution. So if your pH water is like you've seen it, guys, at your stores, uh, nine plus. And you know what? Funny story. When me and my daughter actually went to Walmart to just get staples, right? Because we knew that they were going to do the shelter in place. I mean, Amy Acton is, is a PEPFAR queen and she's signing everything for the governor. I mean, does it really make it valid then? But anyway, while we were in there, two weird things happened. So the first thing is we were walking 
down and I was like, let's just get some more water, bottled water to have just in case, you know, water stops uh, working, you know, or they turn off the water system or something. And Walmart was completely out of water, but they had that, um, a, you know, high pH water, the really fancy water <laughs> that you pay like extraordinary amounts for. And because they were out of water, a case of like eight, one and a half liter bottles was only 10 bucks when normally you would pay, you know, for each bottle, you know, two, three dollars. Right. So that was a good deal. So I, I only got like one of those cases because uh, I always have water in the house regardless. So, you know, great thing is, is that I got this. Uh, what is it called? Essentia overachieving water, which has a pH of nine point five. Mm, kind of sounds like acidic backgrounds are a what? We all know this. Well, no, we don't actually. See, scientists know this. Doctors know this. They could tell people, why don't you have more alkaline meals? Why don't you have more, keep your blood pH at a more alkaline level? Oh, and by the way, that's how the anti-malarial drug works too. It regulates your blood's pH, but it creates borders. So it can't piggyback, so it can travel. So I wanted to make that, you know, distinction so you understand that when your DNA the go between your DNA and transcribing something is RNA. So instead of going to your nucleus to ask for the DNA to be unwound to create tRNA, which is transcription RNA, you know, and then start coding, the, the RNA just hi- hijacks the line and goes in between. It's like, yo, I don't need your DNA. I'm like right here. Here's what you're going to do. Factory, make this. But again, if it's alkaline, won't survive. And for all of you out there, now that you have time and you're enjoying your staycation, and I know it's really hard on a lot of us money-wise, right? I I can tell you I'm feeling it too. Don't even go there. Um, You know, boost up your alkaline. I mean, it's always the best way to go. Uh, Because it causes disruption in your... um, RNA intrusions. There we go. That's what I want to say. RNA intrusions. Uh, So on that note, um, I just wanted to kind of uh, finish up uh, in regards to this by making it clear the Democrats are doing. And Mitch McConnell did a great job this morning um, putting that together. Take a listen to him. All business closures, mass layoffs and uncertainty for their families. But that isn't all, Madam President. For the last several days now, in the midst of all that, in the midst of all that, they've also had to watch the United States Senate spin its wheels. As we convene this morning, roughly 40% of our population is under stay-at-home orders from state leaders. Employers across America are wondering how they'll keep the lights on. Doctors, nurses, and healthcare professionals are literally crying out for support. We literally have Army field hospitals on the way to being set up in our major American cities. In the space of just a few weeks, this has become, unfortunately, our new normal. This is a national crisis. It's the most serious threat to Americans' health in over a century, and quite likely, the greatest risk to America's jobs and prosperity that we've seen since the Great Depression. Hundreds of thousands of Americans 
have already lost their jobs because so much of our commerce has been put on pause. Families are wondering how they're going to pay their rent or mortgage in eight days. Rent is due on April 1st. People don't know how they're going to pay bills or make their car payment. Many other hardworking Americans are still employed for now, but fall asleep every night wondering if it will be there when they wake up to that email or phone call tomorrow. That email or phone call tomorrow, like I said, this is the problem that we have is that, you know, people have bills to pay. Now, is Capital One and all of them going to say, okay, you get a vacation from all your payments? Is your bank going to say, you don't have to pay me a car payment because I'm a good bank and I understand that it's not your fault? I don't see any of that happening. So I'm going to switch over to the town hall live right now with President Trump. It's really important that you take a listen to it. Space Force. Remember that. Oh, come on. It doesn't want to. I want to listen to what he has to tell us. He went live now, which is great. Uh, these darn stupid advertisements, too, in order to link having me insane to think. They just want us to keep paying for what is it called? The YouTube premium. So you get no ads superimposed. Ugh, it's so rubbish. So he's going to tell you a lot. If you listen to the president, you'll understand a lot of what's going on, how it's going on, and when it's going on. Because I hope that they ask him about the General Milley thing and um, Kristen Smart and what's about to go down there. The first arrest will set the tone. And wait till you see who's getting arrested. Remember, I told you, why would uh, John Durham who's busy on all these 150,000 sealed indictments across the nation, be busy, right? Be busy in doing what? Arresting a stalker for Adam Schiff. Why? Because that person is, is in the way of his investigation. That's why. So this is what you're going to see, this, um, <sighs> this wave of crazy, crazy indictments. You know, YouTube, I've been seeing the president, so let's see if I can find it on Twitter streaming live. Gosh darn it, I hate it when they do that. It's, I don't even need the video games. Like, I play enough video games. I procrastinate enough with Sims 4. I'm serious on that. I do. Um, should I drop a hint while I'm trying to get this out? Uh, let's see. <sighs> I'm trying to think of how to do this. Here we go. Just... Listen to what he says about the cure quickly while I find it here. Bring the conversation to present day and the past day mentioned for this. Oh, come on. Seriously? A tweet that went out late at night. You said the cure. The cure can't be worse. Oh, seriously. Come on, you guys. This is not fair. It's like they don't want us to hear the president. Seriously. I'm just going to try to latch on to a direct feed. In the meantime, I'm going to remind you guys of something that we talked about. We talked about St. Louis in um, California about a couple weeks ago. And what I was telling you was the um, that there was a guy who worked at the city council uh, and he tried to commit suicide, if you remember correctly. And so he did suicide after the FBI raided his office. 
office. Now, a lot of people are talking about how his attempt to suicide had to do with some stupid email chain and harassment. I, I was like, come on, man, who believes this, right? Email chain and harassment with some radio show host. Oh, yeah. And I told how he got away with it by saying, yeah, you know, the email, even though you traced it to my house, even though you traced it to my computer, doesn't necessarily mean that I sent the email. Remember how I was telling you about that and how corrupt clowns do it? But if you sent an email from your computer and you threw someone, you wouldn't be able to use the argument, well, how do you know it was me? And it wasn't like, you know, my neighbor. So um, that was pretty interesting. But it gets more interesting when we loop in Honduras. It gets more interesting when we loop in Adam Shev. And it gets a lot more interesting when we loop in Kristen Smart. And it gets even more interesting when you put the pieces of the puzzle together and understand that um, this person was also a professor at the Polytechnic in, in University uh, a year. He started a year before Kristen Smart uh, went missing. So he was a professor at the university at. So I think um, it's important that we put all these pieces together. The FBI told the family, uh, you know, you, you're going to be in for a surprise. So we're going to analyze that and we're going to walk it through and we're going to remember how Alex Jones was on. He was on top of this in the 90s. I mean, I like I said, I miss Alex. He was right all along, always. It's just now that he's got, you know, some dewy situation going on that, um, you know, the deep state just made sure that he's in check. So now I finally found where I'm going to go. Thank you very much. And we are going to put on the president where he's going to tell you everything you need to know in regards to uh, the coronavirus and what he's doing. So his town hall is live now and we're going to play it. Here we go. If it wants to. Early. There we go. And honestly, I took a lot of heat. Uh, Sleepy Joe Biden said uh, it's xenophobic. I don't know if he knows what that means, but that's okay. Uh, He said it's uh, racist what I did. Uh, Thousands and thousands of more people, probably tens of thousands, would be dead right now if I didn't make that decision. And I must say, doctors, uh, nobody wanted to make that decision at the time. It was very, very early. Uh, Call it luck or call it talent, it doesn't matter. We made a great decision. I took a lot of heat from China. They weren't happy with it. Uh, Now they understand it. They've really, you know, we're doing just fine, but they were not happy with it. Bring I took, it I took to, a lot of heat uh, from a lot of people. Bring the conversation to present day. In the past day and a half, you got a lot of attention for this. A tweet that I think went out late at night. You said the cure, we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself. I really and didn't so, get so you start to look yeah. at this 15-day period, which sure. will come to us. Day 15 is next Monday today, yeah. arguably day nine. Yeah. What are you trying to gauge as to how you can open the country back up again? Yeah. When you say I took a lot of heat for that, essentially, I really didn't. I mean, a lot of people agree with me. Our country is not supposed to be, you know, it's not it's not built to shut down. Our people are full of vim and vigor and energy. They don't want to be locked into a, a house or an apartment or some space. They, it's not for our country. It, we're not we're not built that way. And I said, you know, I don't want the cure to be worse than the problem itself. The problem being obviously a problem. And, you know, you can destroy a country this way by closing it down, where it literally goes from being the most prosperous. I mean, we, we had the best economy in the history of our country three weeks ago, 
And then all of a sudden we're supposed to shut it down. And then we're supposed to pay people not to go to work. We never had that. We used to pay people to go to work when right. we had. But this is a government a order to go ahead and stay home. It's tricky, though, when you try to turn the faucet back on. It, oh, it's it, very tricky. New York could be different from it is. It uh, is. Utah, Louisiana it is. could be different from sure. Arizona. So how do you go about making that decision? Here? Well, you have to make the decision. Look, we lose thousands. I brought some numbers here. We lose thousands and thousands of people a year to the flu. We don't turn the country off. I mean, every year. Now, when I heard the number, you know, we average 37,000 people a year. Can you believe that? And actually, this year we're having a bad flu season. But we lose thousands of people a year to the flu. We never turn the country off. We lose much more than that to automobile accidents. We didn't call up the automobile companies and say, stop making cars. We don't want any cars anymore. We have to get back to work. Now, with all of that being said, it's incredible what the American people have done. And and honestly, the American people have learned. We've all learned together between the shaking of the hands and the washing of the hands. Well, I used to wash my hands and I always wash my hands a lot. I never was a big believer in shaking hands. Once I become a politician, you shake hands and you get a little bit used to it. Like immediately when I see you, I, I sort of apologize that I'm not shaking well, your hands. We exchange air elbows, yeah, which is, seems well, to be the thing to say. I never like to see that, actually. But yeah, right now on Capitol Hill, you, you've got members of the Senate debating a $2 trillion bill. Yeah, more than I mean, that. Did you think that... Uh, uh, it, it, it blows away the ability for us to imagine that they could pass legislation in excess of $2 trillion. Right. Now, who knows what's behind the curtain there? Who knows what is stacked into $2 trillion? How much You're concern right. do you have well, we that the deal you could list, be man. facing criticism that President Obama faced in, in 2009 well, we canceled- about sweetheart deals for certain companies, sure. as Democrats would argue? I canceled the deal last night. I said, I'm not going to sign that deal because Nancy Pelosi came in and put a lot of things in the deal that had nothing to do with the workers, that had to do with an agenda that they've been trying to get passed for 10 years. And I came in, I told Mike, I told a lot of people, there's no way I'm signing that deal. I was getting calls from John Kennedy, from Ben Sass, from uh, many, many people, Lindsay. I, I was getting calls from a lot of different people saying this deal, uh, Tom Cotton, this deal is terrible, what they've done. They took a deal. You know, we almost had a deal the day before. And it was between Schumer and uh, Mitch, and it was really a good solid deal. All of a sudden, they start throwing all of the little uh, Green New Deal stuff in, right? And uh, the boardrooms, what they look like, and uh, we want uh, green energy, we want all this stuff, let's stop drilling oil. They had things in there that were terrible, windmills all over the place, and all sorts of credits for windmills that killed the birds and ruined the real estate. a lot of problems. I mean, a lot of problems. And I said, I'm not signing this With deal. $2 trillion. Now they've renegotiated. It's hard to avoid some of oh, those oh, trap doors, you could yeah, argue. But we have great things for not only companies. Forget the companies. The companies are nothing other than they are an employer of thousands and thousands of people. And they pay them very well. We want to protect our workers. I want to protect our workers. Workers first. Mm-hmm. But you have to protect companies like Boeing. They had a real bad year, let's face it, with the problems. And they were in trouble before this. And then all of a sudden this happened. We can't lose a Boeing. And we can't lose some of these companies. And companies, frankly, Bill, that were solid as like AAA companies because of what's happened over the last 
couple of weeks, they go from AAA to being like they could use a hand. Tough time. We can't, right, yeah. we can't lose those companies. Millions of jobs. The faster we go back, the better it's going to be. We have a pent-up energy that's going to be unbelievable. We're going to bring it back fast. I really believe that. I've got a lot more questions, sure. and uh, my, so does my colleague, Harris Faulkner. I'll oh. allow her to rejoin the She's conversation great. now. Harris. Do I have an earplug here? Um, I'll, I'll help you out. If I could do that. Go ahead, Harris. I'll, Hello, Mr. I'll relay President. and translate. Okay. Hello, Mr. President. So good to see you today. Uh, this will be a little bit to relay. I, I understand you guys are going back and forth on the economy and employers, but more than 66% of people are employed by small businesses. The VP talked a little bit about this. We hear you dropping big companies' names. The question here is, how do you shore up both as, as you look forward? Yeah, um, the question's a good one, uh, and it's pointed. You're talking about Boeing, and yet you've got what two thirds of American businesses are small businesses. Right. And you think about um, what they're trying to do in terms of adjusting to this new reality that's been thrown on them. What will you do for small business? Okay. Well, first of all, I have to say that Harris is one of my favorite people. And I didn't hear a word she said, and I was hoping it wasn't too devastating a question. But she uh, is a fantastic person. I have to say that, okay? Now that I've said it, because I can't hear Harris. But, uh, no, the bill is very much focused on the small business person. It is. It's very much focused on small companies, including restaurants and all sorts of small companies. And what people don't realize, you know, you're talking about these massive, we have the greatest companies in the world. You talk, you add them all up. And the small businesses are just about equal in size to these massive companies, of which we have many also. It's, it's the engine of our country, small business. This bill is absolutely aimed at the small business and the worker and the workers of those small businesses and the owners. The owners are going to need help. They're going to need some loans. They're going to need things that we're going to be able to take care of them because we don't want those small businesses to go out of business, nor do we want the big businesses to go out of business. When they said, Mr. President, we got to shut this down. How hard did you push back? Well, I'll tell you, I never heard of a such a thing. We've had flus where we lose 36,000. We've lost as many, I guess, as 78,000 people in one year. And they came in and they said to me, sir, we're going to have to close the country. I said, what are you talking about? Well, we have a virus. It's coming in. And I knew that. And I made the early decision with China. So I already, already closed it off to China. And that was a long time before they came in. But they came in, experts. Wait, and let's remember what the lady with the scarf told us earlier. She said we're two, three weeks behind because we closed our borders. Let's make that clear. She didn't say that, but that's what we did. We closed our borders, so we're two, three weeks behind. And they said, we're going to have to close the country. I said, we've never closed the country before. This never happened before. You're, gonna, you're saying... I said, are you, are you serious about this? We are going to take this country that's fully employed, where we have 160 million people working, and you're telling me we have to close it, and people are gonna go out of business, and they're gonna go bankrupt, and they're not gonna have jobs? What are we talking about here? This, don't forget, this has never been done. We've had flus before, we've had viruses before, so this is something new. And this is why I say we have to, 
I gave it two weeks and, and, you know, I guess by Monday or Tuesday, it's about two weeks. And we'll assess at that time and we'll give it some more time if we need a little more time. But we have to open this country. When they came to you and had that conversation with you, how long did it take you to accept that new reality? Well, look, I accept things. I understand things very clearly. I mean, I I understood exactly what they were saying. Uh, But we can socially distance ourselves and go to work and you'll have to work a little bit harder. You can clean your hands five times more than you used to. You don't have to shake hands anymore with people. That might be something good coming out of this. Although I must tell you, as a politician, it's a lot warmer when you walk into a crowd and you're shaking a lot of people's hands. You love those I'd, people. I'd agree with you. They love that. me and I yeah. love them, you know, but but it is a little bit uh, colder. But but you won't be shaking hands for at least a while and, and things will happen. But we have to put the country to work. Look. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu, but you're going to lose more people by putting a country into a massive recession or depression. You're going to lose people. You're going to have suicides by the thousands. You're going to have all sorts of things happen. You're going to have instability. You can't just come in and say, let's close up the United States of America, the biggest, the most successful country in the world by far. You know, When I came in, when I was elected, and you knew this number, China was going to overtake us in the year 2019. It wasn't even close. We went way up, and they didn't. We've done great. They pay us a fortune in tariffs and everything else, and yet we have a good relationship with them. We just signed a trade deal. But we're the number one in the world by far. And now a few people walk into the Oval Office and say, sir, we have to close up the country. I said, what are you you talking about? And that, Mr. President must have been a very difficult thing to accept. One of the most difficult decisions I've ever made, because I knew that when you do it, as soon as you do it, you're going to drop. I mean, they're talking about 20 or 25 points of GDP. Nobody's ever heard of 25 points. If we went down a point, that's a big deal. Now, all of a sudden, you're basically turning off the country. I said, this has never been done before. What are you talking about? But. We understand it. You have hotspots, but we've had hotspots before. We've had horrible flus. I mean, think of it. We average 36,000 people. Death, death. I'm not talking about cases. I'm talking about death. 36,000 deaths a year. People die, 36, from the flu. But we've never closed down the country for the flu. So you say to yourself, what is this all about? Now... How did you? It's never been done. How did you process that? Uh, not good. I wasn't happy about it, and I also knew that I had to do it because look, uh, with Turkey, I give this as an example, and Syria, I said sign a deal with the Kurds, make peace. Erdogan, he didn't want to. He's a he's a man who loves Turkey, and I have a very good relation. I said sign a deal. He didn't really want to. The Kurds didn't really want to. And it went on, you know, the so-called safe zone recently, a few months ago. I said, sign a deal. Do me a favor. Sign a deal. Get it done. They didn't really want to. All of a sudden, they start fighting, 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 fighting. And it was vicious. And other countries got involved. Now I say, let's sign a deal. They said, "Okay, we'll sign a deal. We needed a period because I don't think if, if I would have not done it, we would have been unbelievably criticized for not doing it, but it's never been done before. One more. So, uh, Bill, yep. Somehow the word got out that this is the thing we're supposed to be doing. 
Now, we've had some really bad epidemics and other things. I mean, we're going this pandemic, but we've had bad epidemics. I'm sure they could have been pandemics, but we never did a thing like this before, but I had to do it. It's been very painful for our country and very destabilizing for our country. And we have to go back to work much sooner than people thought. And people can go back to work and they can also practice good judgment. One last question, then we'll get back to our viewers here too. A month ago, the CDC had an initial test that failed. At that moment, late February, you said it's perfect. And and it wasn't perfect. So what happened there in the early stages? What happened is, is that he's surrounded by idiots and they had to wait for people like me that do independent research to say, hey, you know, maybe you should look at something else. Don't listen to these clowns that are just eating up money from everywhere. That's exactly what's happening. This faux pandemic, this plandemic is because they are suffocating right now. I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you this. Remember the example that I've given you about people when they're drowning and they, you don't go to save them unless you're a very experienced diver and swimmer. And when you do, you grab them from behind around the neck so they can't grab you because they will take you down with them. So today I'm going to tell you what the first mass arrest that's going to send a chain of events In the meantime, though, I want to explain to you guys. So I got a text saying, oh, I got um, I got a letter saying that I'm an employee that's exempt from this. And you said yesterday that you are. Listen, you guys, I've made it no secret that I am a contractor um, and, you know, (laughs) the agencies that I work for are agencies that you may not have ever heard of. These are, oh gosh, how do I say this? And I actually thought it out while the president was talking. I want you guys to understand that the deep state is deep state, but there's also a deeper state of people that are subcontractors and contractors that work to support the people and skip the deep state. Right now, the CIA is being dismantled as we speak. The... uh Global governments are going down. We've had over 60 deaths in the Vatican alone. That's all you need to focus on. And this shutting down, this shutting, this pushing our president to shut everything down was for two reasons only. One, to obfuscate what was going on. So the media has you mesmerized with a death, mm, deadly virus, and you're not paying attention, and two, to destroy the economy, the only thing that's going. So here's how it's going to pan out, and the president is going to look like a god, is basically doing what? I'm sending everybody a check. Forget these clowns. I'm moving it along. This is rubbish. I need people to get paid. I need to give bailouts to businesses that pay people because, hey, in order to get this bailout, you're going to be paying people. You're going to be paying their insurance. You're going to be making sure they have food on the table, even though they can't come to work. That's number one. But see, no one's going to tell you that. Oh, look, he's just bailing out big businesses. All right. So what are we going to do? Let big companies fall down? Then what? When this ban is over, how are people going to work if the company can't pay them and they're in debt? And here we go with the Democrat. We're just going to give them the loans. We don't want loans. We want money. And we have money because we've confiscated it. We're not using federal tax dollars. Let's move it along. So um, all of you can actually listen to the rest of this town hall and I'll have a lot to say on that because I want to use this time a little bit and then we'll go back to the town hall to remind you of uh, an incident that happened over 23 years ago 
Okay. And this has been a cold case that's been for a while that people keep moving into, people keep focusing on every now and then. And this is a city in California, uh, San Luis Obispo, San Luis Obispo County. So I want you guys to focus on that area for a second. First of all, first of all, we have Adam Schiff that thumps for that county like nobody's business. Secondly, that county has about 50,000 residents, and that is where the campus for California Polytechnic State University is. Now, I'm going to take you back in time to uh, May 25th, 1996. There was a young lady who was, uh, uh, I think she was a senior uh, or her last year in college there. And, um, you know, she went out with her friends after off-campus party. They dropped her off at her, you know, dorms and she went missing. So what's really weird is that, um, you know, Exactly 20 years later, in 2016, uh, San Luis uh, Obispo Sheriff Department said that it got new information about the possible location of Smart's, you know, remains, like, you know, her body remains. No one's found her. So after um, five days, they were digging and finding, and they found bones from one place that they were digging, but it was unclear if they were animal or human. And, you know, no one ever updated to tell you, was that her or not? So this all happened that, you know, at around 2 a.m., she was uh, apparently she attended a birthday party. 2 a.m., she was like knocked out, passed out um, on a lawn. And so her two friends who had just left the party, they helped her up because she was like intoxicated and took her to a dorm. And, you know, they said that, you know, they lived off campus, they found her, blah, 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 and took her there. So this was a big deal. The parents had never, you know, stopped looking. And, uh, you know, the sheriff's office still looks at the case, still does interviews, still checks out stuff, everything. Now, on January 18th, 20, wait, no, on, on September 30th, 2019, um, there was a podcast talking about available information about Kristen being abducted and then her death at the hands of another student that was done over so many years. Now, that podcast by a person named Chris Lambert was downloaded like crazy. So that kind of renewed public interest and everyone was talking. But here's what happened on January 18th, 2020, right? It was reported that the FBI actually got with Smart's family the missing girl's family and said they have additional news about her disappearance that would be coming and the family might want to get away for a while, but didn't provide any specifics, right? Also, the um, the record that actually made this announcement said the FBI didn't contact the Smart family, but a retired FBI agent who had been in contact with the family for years was their source, right? Now on February 5th, 5th, when we talked, 2020, search warrants were served under seal at four locations. Are you listening to this? Pay attention. San Luis Obispo County, two search warrants under seal. Washington State and a specific house in Los Angeles County. 
Now, during that search, um, a guy named Paul Flores, who was the person of interest, you know, because they saw him walking around during the time that she disappeared, was also um, detained. Now, where, where, what are you saying, Tori? Well, here's the thing. I want to introduce you to the San Luis Obispo County guy who attempted uh, suicide on the Wednesday after they, the FBI raided his office. Okay, so this is where we're going first. They raided his office and he tried to commit suicide. Let me tell you about this guy. This guy's name is Adam Hill. He moved to San Luis Obispo County in 1995 and he taught literature and writing at the university for 13 years before being elected into the Board of Supervisors. Do you guys remember who else became Board of Supervisors and then took over the city? Feinstein. I'm just showing you a pattern. So he is a he's the third district supervisor and this guy Adam serves in many different capacities, right? So remember, he was uh, the he was a professor at the university that this girl went missing. Okay, Uh, he's involved in homeless services oversight, council of governments, regional transit, integrated waste management, air pollution, and get this, he's also part of the pedophile human trafficking and child trafficking task force, unofficially in a capacity as a consultant. But you know, you won't see that anywhere. I'm just telling you this. So he has been pushing this green energy uh, compensation reform, uh, you know, gang intervention and reducing crime occurrence, making normal crimes, not super crimes. So like you can go in and steal stuff from Walgreens for up to one hundred ninety fifty nine hundred fifty dollars and get it maybe a citation and the police won't really come for that. So this is the guy that tried to commit suicide. OK, we're, we're taking this slowly. Right. So Adam Hill uh, has been in the press a lot. He looks like a real creep, too. Uh, you know, uh, he uh, is in recovery. Uh, he's at the hospital. Um, he's alive in recovery. Um, everyone was telling the newspaper after he tried to commit suicide. No one is talking about the medical. So first it was reported as a medical event on March 12th, even though he tried to commit suicide before it. So it was really bizarre. Um, and I just want you guys to know that Hill was actually taken to the hospital and, you know, due to HIPAA, they're not going to tell you what's going on. I'm telling you what's going on. He was raided. He was raided, and that's how it's going. I want you guys to listen to a uh, news video from Fox. Uh, let's play this quickly. Here we go. Headline news. Damn it. Why does it always do this? It always does that to me. Let's try to do it. Come on, Fox. Don't do this to me. It's really good, too. It gave me an error while I had the video down. Let's see. Headlines for January 22nd. And they tell you about Kristen Smart. It's just, just General Milley has been busy. Under the guise of coronavirus, of course, because you can't show a tracking ring with all these politicians, right? That would be wrong. Because then people would be like, what's going on? How were they voted in? And I'm going to tell you what. Um, we know that Huber is looking after really important things. So nobody questioned the fact that Huber actually arrested a guy that supposedly was threatening um, Adam Schiff. Think about it. Why would he be the prosecutor when there's 20 million prosecutors that could go after him? 
Now, since the video does not want to play for me, and I lined it up because I didn't download it, um, you know, to my computer to have it for you, uh, I just wanted to tell you, the family of Kristen Smart reported by Fox News on January 22nd, the California college student who vanished 23 years ago after attending a party near her school was told by a former FBI agent to be prepared for news to secure a family spokesperson. Denise Smart, the woman's mother, told the Stockton recorder that the FBI contacted her to tell her to be on the ready. The report said the FBI was not clear on what the development was. She was told that her family might want to get away for a while and should secure a family spokesperson for this. Now, the Smart family stands behind the Stockton Recorder's January 18th story. A family spokesman said via email, there will be no news statement or interviews until there's an update or announcement from the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Department. The family later put out a statement. Over the past few days, our family has been overwhelmed with inquiries about the investigation. We sincerely appreciate the amazing support we've received and we want to be clear that this is an ongoing investigation that is complex fluid and continuing the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office is leading the investigation and they are not putting any timetable on the completion of it we support the Sheriff's Department's efforts and commitment it is vitally important that they take necessary time required to clarify an important point about timing there is no current timeline for any announcement when the Sheriff's Department completes the investigation they will notify all of us when there's news to announce when we reached out for comment the fbi told fox news it was unaware of any development being announced imminently and directed further inquiries to the sheriff's office which has been leading the investigation Fox goes on to say Smart was 19 when she vanished, attended California Polytechnic University, and was last seen early morning, May 25th, 1996. So according to reports at the time, a neighbor in Smart's dorm called university police the next morning and had reported that she had not returned, but other students said they thought she had gone camping, so officers didn't declare her missing for three days. The student who told of leaving Smart near her dorm was questioned by authorities and his home was searched, but he was not arrested or charged in the case. A California law, um, uh, California law, the Kristen Smart Campus Safety Act of 1998, now requires campus police to spell out exactly they will call in outside authorities to investigate a violent crime. Now, who was professor at the time? The guy that tried to commit suicide. How does I tell you that the stalker that's linked to Schiff actually links, right, Schiff directly to this professor? How bizarre is that? Now, here's the thing. We said that there were two search warrants in that county, one in Washington State, too. Now, think, what does Washington State and San Luis Obispo County have to do with it? Well, Schiff Stalker actually comes from Washington State originally, originally because, he, well, I wouldn't say originally. He lived there for quite a while, which means there is some really hardcore connection there, right? So you have to think all of this is happening. And then we hear General Milley, um, you know, comes up with, uh, hmm, what is it? Um, we saved a young lady who was going through torture and gave her to her family and her parents. And for their privacy, we won't say anything right now. So this was announced just a few days ago, a few before that. Now, what is the key port, unofficial, biggest export that they have, right, in California? It's human and child trafficking, correct? Well, 
San Luis Obispo County Supervisor Adam Hill, the professor at that university where that girl disappeared, um, was rushed to the hospital on March 12th because an apparent suicide attempt just hours after FBI agents raided his office at the county government center. He was transported to the hospital, and this is just insane. They're saying, oh, he was corrupt. There were five years of multiple credible sources that have reported corruption surrounding Hill, several developers, and a group of marijuana businessmen. Oh, you mean cartels? Do you remember how I told you the Sinaloa cartel is the one that we need to eliminate because they're festering like crazy in the Midwest? We've talked about this a few times. (laughs) And you know where they fester the most? You would think it's the West Coast. You would think... It's the East Coast. It's actually South Dakota and North Dakota. Biggest cartel issue that we have. But where am I going with this? Sinaloa cartel actually is linked up to the caravans in Honduras. And the caravans in Honduras were actually ushered by, guess what? A group of people from San Luis. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, those people that were educating people and were going down to Honduras to pack those caravans. For some reason, it was linked back to San Luis County. It makes your head spin just a little bit, right? Have an attempted suicide of a guy that's been corrupt, went to court. Uh, The court sided with him saying, well, we can't prove he was behind the computer. We can only say that it was sent from his email and his computer. Doesn't mean he threatened the talk show radio host. And he's been harassing, pay to play, threats, blah, blah, blah. But he's unscathed unscathed so happened to be a professor at the university where Kristen smart went away and so happened to be the county that supports the honduran immigrants that are coming with caravans down to south of the border oh and one more thing the guy that was harassing Schiff has a link to san luis county too and so it makes you wonder hold on a second what is going on here and why is this paul flores guy back in the news So Paul Flores was the key witness, right, in 1996 of Kristen Smart. At the time of of her disappearance, Flores was a 19-year-old food science major at uh, at Cal Poly, right? He actually lived in the building, the dorms, right by Smart's. And um, him and Smart had chit-chatted at the party that she was at. And, you know, um, that's the, you know, that's it. They chit-chatted and he was in the area, so he was targeted. So Kristen Smart, even though they didn't find her remains, she was declared dead in May of 20, 2002, right? Five, six years, what was four to six years after her death. Now, the FBI has now contacted and said, oh, you know, we see that, you know, um, uh, there's got to be something and people are now believing that Paul Flores is responsible for her death. People actually believe this. Here's um, an actual um, podcast snippet that I want you to listen to. Okay, it doesn't want to play any words for me, right? Okay, so um, there it goes. It just says that the former Stockton resident student, Callie Poltek, um, disappeared in 1996 and the kin's unsolved, it's telling you, and how they're linking it to this guy named Paul Flores. Denise was told by authorities, the mom, that there's going to be something that she doesn't expect. I can tell you what she can expect. 
So we have seen a huge increase in cracking down on these human and child trafficking organizations through cartels. Now, the cartels are very well organized subgovernments, and I know you hate you hate it when I say it, but they're like their own independent governments. They do all the dirty work for the deep state, for people like Pelosi, for people like Adam Schiff. This is how they find the targets that they want. Okay? Now, these cartels obviously pay, and, and I've told you about this in Afghanistan. We're sitting there guarding poppy fields, and you have to wonder why. So all of this is happening right now, and no one is paying attention. All of this is paying attention, and you have to think, hold on a second. We're having people jumping off bridges in San Luis. We've got this Paul Flores tracking down trucks he had back then in another state, and you're wondering, well, what does that have to do with, um, uh, you know, uh, Kristen Smart and, uh, you know, and uh, Schiff and San Luis. No, it has to do with all of them in California, you guys. And that is what you have to look at. Sealed warrants. So they're raiding the county office. This guy that was a professor. This is the thing. This is the thing. We're not paying attention to what's really going on. This lockdown that we have is purposeful. They can see where you're going, where you're moving, and what is happening. So, you know, how can we put together the prosecution, right, uh, you know, of the stalker for shit by Huber and link it to this? It's pretty simple. He's linked to San Luis County. And so what you have to think about is Huber is acting independently. It revealed that... Um, Attorney General Sessions actually, through a FOIA request, if you remember, revealed that he was um, activated. He activated. Do I want to say activated? He was um, assigned by Sessions and they found this out from a FOIA request. OK, now. Huber has been threatening Chuck Schumer and Adam Schiff over, um, well, no, Huber hasn't been, Huber has been investigating the guy that has been threatening Chuck Schumer and Adam Schiff over impeachment proceedings. Now, who is that person that he was, that was being prosecuted? That's the thing. It's, um, you know, foul language, threats, you know, very, very bad, you know, uh, and Huber went after him. Now, if Huber was appointed by Sessions in secret and Huber has a different direction that he's going into, then why would Huber look at the guy who's threatening Schiff and Schumer? Think, what, what is really going on here? The threats were like, hey, Schumer, you and House Speaker are the two biggest scumbags who ever lived and let me tell you something somebody wants to assassinate you I'm going to be the driver that's what the caller said on the senator's voicemail 
also it said, shift, sh- sh- shifty, shift. You're the biggest scum who ever lived. I dare you to come. I dare you to come to New York because I'll put the bullet in your forehead. And it keeps saying that Trump has been openly critical of these politicians and that the caller said shifty, shift, um, you know, and they're blaming, you know, the threats on Trump, of course, right? So Huber went after it to see who this person is leaving death threats to him, you know, that makes Schiff want to be, I don't know, in isolation. So now we have the whole world in isolation, the whole world dependent on the big bad media and these big Silicon Valley giants to allow us to have access to information and allowing it to drip, 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 drip. But that's the thing. November 22nd, 2017. In consultation with the Deputy Attorney General, I've requested that you review matters referenced in the enclosed letter of November 13th letter from Assistant Attorney General Stephen Boyd to House Judiciary Committee Chairman Robert Goodlatte and make recommendations for me to me or the Deputy Attorney General as appropriate. Your review need not include matters that you determine are within the scope of the investigation being conducted by Special Counsel Robert Mueller. Your recommendations should include whether any matters not currently under investigation warrants the opening up of an investigation, whether any matters currently under investigation require further resources or further investigation, and whether any matters would merit the appointment of a special counsel. That was sent by Jeff Sessions on November 22nd, 2017. And that's the thing. We're not seeing the full picture. It's all coming out separately. So the letter that was sent you know, by Stephen Boyd to um, our lovely Robert Goodlatte was he wants the allegations that the Department of FBI policies and procedures were not followed in connection with the actions leading up to and relating to the FBI's public announcement on July 5th, 2016 in the director's letter to Congress on November 28th and November 6th, 2016. Allegations that the FBI deputy director have recused himself from participating. So this is the stuff that Huber's looking at. So Think to yourself, why is he including looking at the threats that are going against Schiff from a guy that says come to New York that really resided in San Luis? Well, not the guy that's saying the threats. The person that told the guy to call in the threats was in San Luis County, but also in Washington. That so happens to be kind of connected to this whole Honduras thing. I'm just throwing out some information, disinformation, so you understand how to put it together if you get what I mean. So the fact that the president was talking coronavirus and made sure to remind you that we have been busy in other places like Central America that has been cut off from the rest of the Americas and saving a girl and taking her a family, but only a few weeks earlier, Kristen Smart's parents were like, you need a spokesperson. What does that tell you? Remember, I've talked about human and child trafficking a lot. Now, first of all, uh, child uh, pedophiles, pedophiles has have raised up into the ranks and kind of taken over. But it's like the food for the royals. And the crown likes to install pedophiles in everybody's life, of course, just to make sure they have a buffer. Um, and also to see if they can get them corrupt, I guess, by proxy, who knows. But these pedophiles, these child predators also use children for other things. And I've told you the biggest atrocity is using them for what? Experimentation. 
Aside from using them as house slaves, sex slaves, like the people that we've seen. Oh, do you remember in Chicago? What was that woman who was arrested? Where was she from? That woman that had 33 house slaves that she was pimping out and rubbing her feet right. She was from Honduras. Oh, I see. We are not getting the bigger picture because no one is standing on the moon. You need to stand on the moon on a nice little satellite to see everything. Once you have access to Tori's moon and you can see all of it working, then you can understand the bigger picture. You can see what's happening. Right now, the world is on fire with the supposed coronavirus, right? We're all dying with the coronavirus, right? So now we found a way to mitigate a virus just a virus that supposedly is really, really bad that had existed a long, long time ago. We saw it first wave, Avion and SARS, and now it's back with a vengeance and it's going to keep coming back because what happens? Mutations. And what we need to worry about is Brazil. Remember how I told you that friend that I happened to meet, that PhD student that was working on malaria? I mean, if the government really wants to know how this virus works, all they need to do is call him. His records are there. I mean, they know where my records are at the College of Medicine. They'll find him. How he worked on malaria and HIV relations. And guess what? Looked at hotspots, Africa and Brazil. And happens to be that Brazil has the highest mutation rates. South America, North America, but all the stuff is going down in Central America. Everyone's got viruses. Where is Central America? We got General Milley and his jarheads in there wrecking stuff up. We got El Salvador on tippy toes. Like, what's going on, guys? I told you weeks ago how they shut it down. So anyway, on that note, I want to wish everyone a fabulous evening. God bless from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio. And I'll see you tomorrow on the radio as usual. God bless.